0: This is Untold Stories of Perth, produced by the Centre for Stories for the City of Perth. Wind back the clock, it's 1928, and a group of women have a dream. They want women to be provided with the same higher educational opportunities as men. They want to build a residential college in Western Australia for women. It might not seem so radical now, but at the time, there wasn't a single residential college in the state that admitted women. This meant that it was much harder for women to pursue tertiary study, particularly those from regional and country WA. A fundraising effort was started and 18 years later, the college admitted its first residence.
1: St Catharines is a residential college, so it's a home for students, not just from UWA, they can be at any tertiary institution now. Domestic, international, students from all
0: around Australia, and it is a really lovely place to live. Sean O'Sullivan is a resident at St Catherine's College, undertaking a Bachelor of Arts. She's also their Alumni Data Coordinator and Community Engagement Officer.
1: Basically, this small group of women came together to start fundraising. They saw that there was a need for a place of accommodation for female students in Western Australia. There were a few really key members of this small committee. One of them was Dr Roberta Gell. She, along with her brothers, went to medical school, but she actually had to take different classes to her brothers because she was a woman. Her and a group of other women just saw that this was definitely a gap. A lot of these women that lived at St Catharines were from regional areas of Australia, so they may not have known anybody in Perth, and that is still very much applicable today. That's how a lot of people come to live at residential colleges, so that bit hasn't really changed, but women are more easily able to go to university now. The main obstacle was money. It took 18 years for them to get enough fundraising for them to move into the old Crawley Army Barracks, which was where the University Women's College was, and this place was not adequate. The warden at the time, Miss M.E. Wood, bless her, she had a really tough job of establishing a good reputation for the college because it had to be seen as a really safe strict, very, you know, sensible place for people to send their daughters away to go to uni. So obviously there were some rules, but, you know, as time went on, things started to get a little bit
0: easier. St Catherine's was officially in full swing. With core values of diversity, integrity, courage and leadership, it became a place for women to feel safe and independent, to study and make friends and to build a home away from home. Julie Kwansing sing was a resident of St Catharines in the early 1970s.
2: Well, I was a country student from Carnarvon and I uh, won a scholarship um, and decided that I would go to university, study science. My brother had already led the way. So um, I was there from 1973 to I think must be 1976. Having grown up in a country environment, it's kind of protected and your horizons are very narrow. Here I was as a girl, you know, in the 70s, you know, from a Chinese culture, a little bit protective. And so we decided on St Catharines. And I think because Mum and Dad felt it was a safe environment that I'd be looked after, the St Catharines, I think, was perfect for me because it had the opportunity to be independent but in a protected environment. So there were sort of rules and regulations. And I think... That's what it was. Was allowed you a little bit of freedom, but with a sort of nurturing and, and a few boundaries, I guess. My mum and dad were a bit worried about me at one stage because I was coming home with challenging viewpoints. You know, they'd have their sort of view of the world. I'd say, Oh no! But have you heard about the green movement? You can't do this. Or, Oh no, Dad! You know, it's about you know equal opportunity for women. You know, you can't have them just stuck at home and all doing all this. And so, I guess it made me more compassionate.
0: But not everything was smooth sailing. 1976 was a challenging year that threatened the existence of the college itself. In 1976,
1: there were a series of arson attacks on the college. There were three attacks in the span of two and a half weeks. Um, These fires caused $1.8 million worth of damage. They were quite extensive, people had to go to hospital. Luckily, no one died, but it was a really intense series of attacks. The first fire of three was lit in a student pantry in a wing of the building called Prescott. This fire wasn't really that much cause for alarm. It was kind of seen as just an accident, something that could have escalated and gotten really bad, but not too much cause for worry. No-one really stressed out at that point. But the second fire was actually started in a wing of the building called Whitfield, and it was started at 3 o'clock in the morning. The fire went up into the second story and it blazed along the corridor, and this fire was obviously extremely hot and the girls were trapped in their rooms. They couldn't actually get into the corridor. One girl reported that she tried to open her door she couldn't even step out and it singed her hair. The fire was that hot. These buildings had windows facing out onto Stirling Highway and so they would escape through the window. Some of them had balconies on the second story, others just had to jump. The third one was when the perpetrator was actually caught. They had hired security and the guard that was working on the night two days later and he was walking around along Stirling Highway actually facing towards another college where he saw flames and so he thought there was an arson attack at that college which was called St Columba at the time I think but now it's Trinity Residential College. He looked again and he saw that these flames were actually the reflection in a window of a fire that was happening in the stairwell at St Catherine's College so he ran in, sounded the alarm and all the girls were evacuated and luckily the
0: damage wasn't as bad because they got to it. Residents were left shaken, with some admitted to hospital due to smoke inhalation and various injuries. Local police were called and residents were interviewed in order to identify the arsonist. Everyone was left asking the same question. Who would do this to our college? The person
1: who actually started these fires was a member of the college. It was a resident who lived with them, and I think that really shook a lot of people up because it's a very sad thing to think that someone would do that to a place that they live and a community that they belong to. There are a few rumors around the reasons as to why she was doing it. It's difficult to know now rumors about possibly a pregnancy or jealousy or didn't feel like she fit in, none of which you can confirm. But the main reason that we can determine is that she obviously had some mental health problems and things that maybe if this was to happen today someone would be able to help, which is a really sad thing to think that no one was able to help her at the time. When you speak to residents that were there at the time, that is what they take away, is that they wish they had helped her and they wish they had known, obviously, that something was going on for her, because that's just the sort of community that St Catharines is and
2: they would never have thought that this could happen. Most of us thought that it had to be somebody from the outside. You know, I mean, that's You know, just think, well, who would wanna do this to us? You know, it can't be the other colleges, you know, creating a prank, but boy, was it a shock when we found out it was somebody within the college. Most of us felt we belonged and this was our home and this was our precious, you know, protected environment. How could someone of our own do something like this, you know, to our own beautiful college? They said that um, the reasons why she had set fire was she wanted common problem for all of us to experience because she felt that she had been left out, that she didn't feel she belonged. Uh, she was a stranger in a world where everybody seemed to be connected. And I thought, oh gosh, you know, if only I'd made the effort to include her in our in a friendship group and if only I'd chatted with her a bit more. And it's interesting because with all the fun and frivolity of being at St Catharines, and the serious side of study, This is one of the events that really, um, I think, would stay with a lot of people.
0: St Catherine's College continues to thrive as a place of learning, safety, and home for students from across Australia and the world. Perhaps it's the resilience of the strong women that started the college, which lives on in spirit. From two-decade fundraising efforts, to arson attacks, to COVID-19, St Catharines stands as an example of the power of equity, inclusivity and community. St Catharines for me
1: was the first place that I lived when I moved out of home and I moved up to Perth to go to UWA. didn't know anybody and so it's a very scary thing. No matter where you're coming from, when you leave home for the first time, it can be very daunting. And at St Catharines, it's just a really strong community. Really amazing people working there today and the residents are just really special.
0: This podcast was commissioned by the City of Perth and produced by the Centre for Stories, Mason Velios and Anna Forrest. Editing and soundtrack by Mason Velios. Special thanks to Sean O'Sullivan and Julie quansing Rollins.